Ethan. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here oh, again. It's time. It's that time that everyone has come to love. Yeah, and I know you're all on the edge of your seats waiting for this. Um, I can't Can believe we... we made it to two episodes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you might think I'm joking, but I can't quite over exaggerate how bad we are at sticking to plans we make. I know after last time, I promised to never eat again whilst recording. <laughs> and that lasted not episodes because I currently have a cookie in my mouth. So I'll give you the best and who has more, than, <laughs> more cookie than I have in her mouth. So um, we've had a very hard day trying to get this sorted and the gods are against us. Um, so we may sound exhausted and fed up and that's because we are. Yes. But you're listening to Dead Air. Yep. <laughs> we made it two minutes in without even talking about what we're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Bethan, and that's Portia, and we're going to talk about things which are weird and interesting. And this week, the theme is the letter M. Is it? Are they themes, though? No, but I can't we both picked one with the letter M. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, um, Yeah, so oh, we've got to stop saying um so much, because... I don't want to edit so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it took two weeks for the last one to come out. Yeah. (laughs) I think um, this week we've both got very interesting, weird things that have happened in the world. Um, Both a little bit more obscure than than last week's big reveal of the last week. (laughs) 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 Um, However, like a month ago's version. We don't follow um, linear time. time. That's just, you know, it, it goes with the theme of the podcast. So, um, yeah, this week I'm going to be talking about the Mothman of West Virginia. Or Mountain Mama? Mr. Mothman. Mountain Mothman? Took me home. Country Road. <laughs> <laughs> to the place. Where do you belong? <laughs> West Virginia! <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had smell a vision because you would have seen the way Bethan's glasses emphatically became a moustache slash braces when she threw her arms in the air to proclaim her love for West Virginia. It's November 12th. Mm-hmm. 1966. My favourite time of November. Wait, that's today, eh? No. <laughs> no, it's the 21st. Not even close. <laughs> I stepped backwards today. <laughs> it is. Um, it's the 21st today, by the way, because you're probably not getting this until the 21st of October 2019. But it's the 21st of November. And the story takes place on the 12th, which is the backwards today. And there you go, that's the Porter's <laughs> Brain Works. So, on the 52nd backward birthday of the first <laughs> appearance, um, five men were digging a grave at a cemetery in West Virginia, near mm. Point Pleasant. Claimed to see a man-like figure fly low from the trees. Man-like figure? Yeah. <laughs> man-sized. How would you describe it? Well, you mean man-like, <laughs> you know? Humanoid. Yeah. Maybe Don't say that because I've used that word about 30 times in my piece. So. <laughs> I've got it written there. Oh, no. Um, 
three days later on November the 15th. November the 15th? That's today! That's today! <laughs> That's backwards today if you took some numbers off it. Or I just some on. I can't remember. <laughs> well, there's more 51 days in... Oh, yeah. <laughs> on November 15th, not backwards today, <laughs> two young couples from Point Pleasant told the police, so that's four people, not two, it's the couples. Two couples, four two people. Couples. Yeah. Um, told the police. Six they... arms. <laughs> nope. Eight arms. <laughs> two young couples from Point Pleasant told the police that they saw a large grey creature whose eyes glowed red. Oh. They described it as a large flying man with ten foot wings. Is he man like? He was indeed man like. <laughs> One may say humanoid. What is wings wing like? Well, they just called them wings. <laughs> I've described you as woman like on many an occasion, I've got to say. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So they described it as a large flying man with ten foot wings. <laughs> Um, and it was following the cars. They drove through the site of a former World War Two munitions plant. Why are you seducing me with your eyes? I can't help it. Um, so over the next few days, other people reported very similar sightings. Um, two firemen saw a large bird with red eyes. Which is, they didn't call him man-like. Oh, well, it's not the one then, is it? It's just a bird. And the Mason County Sheriff... George Johnson reported seeing an unusually large heron, which he termed a shite poke. A shite poke? A shite poke. Love it. I hope someone will call me that one day. If you see an unusually large uh, Welsh girl, call me a shite poke, please. One of the contractor called Partridge. Alan? No, Newell. Um, Newell? Newell, right there. Um... Told Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at the at a creature, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors. Um, and Partridge later blamed the creature for the disappearance of his German shepherd. Oh. And for the buzzing noise coming from his television set. <laughs> Can I just blame it on everything? My grandma <laughs> My used to do that with my nan. It was the it was the bird creature. It was a fucking heron. My grandpa used to do that with my nan. When she was at work, he would like, he would like open a cupboard door and a saucepan would fall out, and he'd be like, "Bloody woman!" (laughs) Everything was my nan's fault. Everything. And his favorite thing to say. Honestly, he wouldn't do it when she was there. His favorite thing to say was, "It's like the fucking house that Jack built." (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? At least 100 reports from people of all ages circulated throughout Point Pleasant between 1966, November, and December 1967. <laughs> How normal people say dates. Yes. Um, are you just drinking from two bottles That's a really now? bad day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought maybe you were bringing me a bud, but no, that one's for you too. Um, so these people were describing a monster that was able to ascend straight up into the air like a helicopter. All the witnesses described the same bird man with glowing hypnotic red eyes and the wings of a bat. Sounds beautiful. So what we are hearing about now is the good old Mothman, often described as a humanoid figure, 
found this on the Mothman Wikia, by the way. There is a Wikia. Glad he's got one. There was, I, got, I went so deep into the rabbit hole, I had to stop. But he's a seven-foot-tall humanoid with a massive wingspan and hypnotic glowing red eyes. I think I said that already, but yep. they yep. were hypnotic. They do sound lovely. I'm glad to have heard about them again. Uh. Aww. Punctuated that beautifully. <laughs> Loved it. Um, the creature of legend known as the Mothman seems to be connected to tragic events. Snap. <laughs> like any good harbinger of doom. Harbinger? Harb, 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 harbinger. Um, I don't like when things are like harbinger. I want it to be harbinger. So it will be. <laughs> Alright then, like any good harbinger of doom, the Mothman possesses a blood-curdling shriek that has been known to make those who hear it experience nausea and vertigo. Now, as a doctor, can blood be curdled by sounds? I'm not going to know. Okay. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm a doctor, not a scientist. Are you not a scientist as a doctor? There's a bit of a soft Tell science. people you're a scientist. A scientist. A scientist. <laughs> I'm on now, a soft science. You're a fucking doctor. I heard someone today who was a professor of fucking dairy and cows. That's a soft scientist. <laughs> you were a doctor, pal. You save people with curdled blood. Okay. But yeah, there's been uh, plenty of sightings. The reason they call the moth the Mothman the Harbinger of Doom The reason they call the Mothman the Harbinger of Doom is because after these first sightings in nineteen sixty six and the hundreds that followed up until December sixty seven, um a bridge um the Silver Bridge collapsed on December fifteenth, nineteen sixty seven and killed forty six people. But after that, the Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant stopped. Oh, he was on the bridge. But he can fly. But he's under the bridge. He's the harbinger of doom. His, his appearance foretold. Yeah, but why would he stop suddenly after the bridge? Because he was warning them that it was going to happen. And then it happened and he fucked off. I thought, he made it happen. But then, but why did he stop? I, no... Oh. <laughs> he was under the bridge, I'm telling you. You're so he was sn- He was snoozing, so he didn't escape in time. Because if he was on top, he would have flown away. Okay. There are lots of different um, stories which sort of suggest that the Mothman is the harbinger of doom. Um, one of which being Partridge's dog disappearing. Um, <laughs> and they all things are happening to Partridge. He recalled his television making a high-pitched whining sound and his dog barking widely, wildly. Oh, I tell you what, he's the reason my dog barks. He's the harbinger of doom. But after that, he went out to investigate and he saw two glowing red eyes that belonged to no animal he'd ever seen before. He saw some eerie flashing red lights that seemed to be dancing around, aliens. Um, and his hunting dog took off. And that was the last time he ever saw either He's of them. He's just a shit dog owner. He went out to search with, for the dog the next day with his friends. But the dog was never seen again. <laughs> so a lot of people do think there are extraterrestrial origins because of this. And there was a lot of apparently electrical interference, like with Partridge's TV. On September 10th, 1978, a group of miners in Freiburg, Germany, maybe pronounced Freiburg. Oh, like the pie. Freiburg, is that a pie? Freibentos. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tin opener specifically for my free mentors pies because I can't. <laughs> for your free big pies. For my free big pies. Um, so in Freiburg, Germany, <laughs> um, these five miners came um, face to face with a seemingly headless creature with glowing red eyes in the middle of his chest um, standing in the f- front of the mine. He was just necklace. You still got a head though. But his head's on his body, and there's just no neck to d- define it. Sure. Well, imagine. Look at me now. Look at me. Imagine. I am. Please look harder. Imagine <laughs> this no neck. Look harder. <laughs> look into my soul. Imagine this no neck. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was strange. I, I pressed my fingertips into my neck and my voice turned into like a 45-year-old man's. Anyway. It didn't sound that way. <laughs> Imagine there's no space here. Just head on body. <laughs> yeah, but your shoulders still don't go up higher than your head, so it doesn't work. I've had a wide head. Some of those rugby players we watch tonight, man. Is there no necks? Eyes in my chest. <laughs> <laughs> At first they thought it was a man in a trench coat, but um, they quickly realised it wasn't a coat, it was unfilled massive wings. Ooh. The men just stood there looking at this creature, and then the creature just like screeched at them until they ran away, so it was just staring at them, and then he was just like... Ah! And they run away. Oh, I was I was going to insist on a demonstration then, so I'm glad you <laughs> gifted us to one. Her eyes truly were in the middle of her chest. <laughs> they were like glowing nips. Her blood is also <laughs> curdled. <laughs> it was blood, such a blood curdling like screech. It's like cottage cheese right now. <laughs> About an hour later, the men felt like this huge rumble and witnessed like all this dust coming up from the mine. Um, where the mine collapsed and if they'd gone to their stations as they planned to they probably would have died so in Freiburg Freiburg they now have something called the Freiburg Shrieker which is thought to have saved the miners lives and they think that might also be the Mothman because of the eyes and the wings but I disagree because I'm sensing that you were team Mothman but I feel that instead of a Harbinger of doom. I think he's a harbinger of doom. That's what I think. I thank you. Um, My command of the English language is truly second to none. I think that he was making the bad stuff happen. He just weren't very good at it, and they ended up not being in the mind. I think he was misunderstood. I don't. I feel like he was understood. 
Well, we still have have more chaos to unveil. Yeah, we true. can come to jump our in the conclusions after we visit Ukraine in 1985. Excellent. You know what happened in Ukraine in 1985, Portia? I don't. Yes, you do. Do I? Of course, you do. I don't. Live Aid. That was definitely in Ukraine. Uh, Chernobyl. Ah! Do you want to hear about Chernobyl? Yes! Do you want to hear about how the moth went without Chernobyl? I fucking <laughs> love Chernobyl. Give me all your Chernobyl that you got. Okay, it's only like a paragraph. Well, um, give me more. <laughs> I don't have more. Make it up! So, um, in 1985, many scientists and workers at the nuclear power plant in Chernobyl, um claimed to see a huge black bird-like creature with the body of a man flying around the plant. Right. And those who saw the red-eyed beast also reported a series of strange, harassing phone calls and a string of nightmares. There's no way he's got a mobile. Maybe he was using a landline. No. This is 1985, no one had a mobile. Well, he ain't got change for a fucking phone box. Well, he can control tellies and shit, can't he? Why, when would you have de- developed that power? <laughs> There's know. no way. He wouldn't communicate by phone, would he? But anyway... He racking up <laughs> fucking BT bills. The people who saw him got these phone calls and nightmares up until the explosion in April 1986. After which they stopped. Because he died in the explosion. You would think so. But anyway, on the day of the accident, several people saw the blackbird flying around the smoke. After the explosion, even those in the near nearby town of Pripyat, Pripyat, Pripyat claimed to have seen the strange creature that became known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. <laughs> but yeah, so they saw the Blackbird of Chernobyl in the days leading up to the disaster. Um, but you you believe the Mothman died in Chernobyl? I think he died in all of that. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> so um, speaking of Famous world disasters. Um, there are also reports of a black winged creature flying near the Twin Towers on September 11, 2001. Um, during the attack, as the second plane hit, eyewitnesses reported seeing a flying creature parallel to the plane. Um, and then in the days that followed, people who were reporting the creature. Um, said that they were approached by men in black who asked them to be quiet about what they saw. Because um, men in black are real. They they have been... Um, a, that's like a whole other topic. There have been a lot of reports of the yeah. men in black. Like, the, the film Men in Black is based on real, in inverted commas... Is that the right thing? Inverted commas? Speech yeah. marks. Um... <laughs> Like, real thing, like, actual claims that people have made throughout the ages. Um, Historian Portia. So, so yeah. Thank you for that, Portia. <laughs> and now back to Bethan in the studio. I read um, a book once. So, yeah, so in, there are pictures online of, like, this wind creature. Obviously, anything can be doctored, but... Um, but, yeah. yeah. Um, there was another bridge collapse in 2007, the I-35... West, um, uh, where the Mothman was spotted. This was in Minnesota. It was open for traffic the same year the Silver Bridge was. 
Right. And well, then 40 what's the years after, famous? that's the one that collapsed. Oh, okay. 40 years um, after, um, there was a month of Mothman sightings, and then the bridge collapsed, um, killing 30 people and injuring 145. Shit. Um, like, how would you know if you saw the Mothman? Like, if me and you and the three people who listen to this podcast saw the Mothman now, we'd be like, shit, we know, we are in the know, we're in the knowledge that summons going to collapse, but what? Like, you don't give specifics. Like, you just have to avoid everything. I would assume everything. there is a bridge or a mine. You'd have to go underground. The Trudeau's were in a bridge or a mine. They probably thought they were safe. You have to just go, like, you couldn't even go underground because then the ground will collapse. Where could you go? In a tree. A tree is where you've got to go. An Illinois woman. Um, <laughs> an Illinois woman. I don't know why that sounded so weird coming up my face. I also enjoy how you completely ignored what <laughs> I said then. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond. You look really stressed out. Do you do out. this with texts all the time? I text you and you're like, I don't know what to say to that, so I shan't. <laughs> I just was a little I'm like, I need help. <laughs> Please bear them. I text you to tell you I've had a heart attack. I'm usually at work. <laughs> that is not true. You just don't know what to say. <laughs> um, anyway, and then my woman... Witnessed the creepy cryptid while driving outside. Oh, oh of, I like um, that. The creepy cryptid. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> outside of Minnesota. Um, and she called a paranormal radio show host, George Newry, um, described the creature as having a huge wing about the width of a Ford. Which oh. is very specific. Yeah. Do you measure Which things Ford, in... though? Yeah. Is mm. it a minivan? Or is it, is it escort, a... like? Yeah. Escort is the only Ford I can think of right now, so I'm going to measure things focus. in Ford Escorts. Oh, fuck the focus. Fuck the fuck. Yeah, no time for that. Um, um, yeah, Ford Escort. Uh, there was also Fukushima, um, an American, Marcus Priules, well visited in Japan. Um, he heard a loud whooshing sound and terrible screeching. Um, Priules described a large and black figure. Um, from the distance he was looking, it looked to be sitting on top of one of the squared buildings. It sat there for about five seconds, then unfurled its large set of what he could only describe as large black wings. Were they the size of a Ford? Uh, he didn't specify. More of a Toyota. Ah, oh, well, it's not the same thing. Right? No, it's not. Um, apparently, the creature took flight and circled the plant a few times. Um, and he noticed these two large red eyes. Um with a blood red hue, which will just say they're red. <laughs> I think this guy's a writer. A blood shit. red hue. They were unblinking in the three to four seconds we saw them. We knew they were looking straight at us. We knew this creature knew we could see it, and it made no attempt to disguise itself. And then there was an immense feeling of dread that washed over him, and the creature vanished as quickly as it appeared. I would he, never know if an immense fear of dread washed over me because I just have a continuous fear of <laughs> dread inside me. Yeah, low-key dread and everything. I dread in general. Then Pules got back to America and heard on the news about um, the Japanese earthquake and explosions in the very same nuclear power plant where he'd witnessed the creature. Um, that's when he realised he may have seen the infamous Harbinger. Of disaster, no, cool. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, so stay away. If you see a giant bird, stay away from power plants and uh, bridges specifically. If you see, if you see just a a man like creature, be it a man or something <laughs> else, just stay away. Yeah, just um, stay away from them. Good news all around. Good news. Um, yeah. Also, swine flu. <laughs> <laughs> That's a smooth transition into my next bullet <laughs> point. Um, some believe the large, hairy, red-eyed creature that the people of La Junta, Mexico, began to see stalk in the area in 2009 was the legendary Mothman. So apparently, I didn't know about this. Says this like it's like a completely like everyone knows. Yeah, Mexico has seen this. So um, yeah. So apparently, um, there's a large hairy redhead creature stalking the area of La Juanta. Right. Um, the sightings occurred around the time leading up to the swine flu outbreak in Mexico. So it's not just buildings and explosions that he's uh, interested in. Um, it's also endemics. Um. Two witnesses, Angela Mendez and Viviana Ledesma, um, experienced... Oh, that was nicely said. Ledesma, I like that. That's a good sound. Sounds um, good in my head. Experienced pure terror as they heard the creatures... Screeches. Creatures, screeches. Ooh, so many band names coming out of this. Um, emanating out from an apple orchard near the Minacha... Apple orchard? Minacha Cemetery, I think is how you say that. A student who requested to remain anonymous reported the Mothman chastening for 15 minutes on March 6, 2009. Despite its best efforts, um, no, not its best efforts, the best efforts of local authorities, I'm not reading this from paper, I know it, <laughs> um, of local authorities to hunt it down, no traces of it were ever found. Also, despite the fact that I've been doing this completely chronologically, I'm just going to go back to 1926 now. Yeah. Um, to the Shantae Dam in southeastern China. Shantae! Oh, shit. Sorry. Shantae, like Manson. No, Shantae. With a Z. Zion? I can't speak Chinese or Chinese. Oh, oh, totally lost. Sorry. I ducked under a chair for like one second when I thought we'd gone <laughs> into the Manson murders. Sorry. Um, no, but apparently in 1926... Um, Locals saw the sightings of a figure which they called the Man Dragon. The Ma- oh, um, Man. He dragon. was found hovering above the Jante Dam. Chinese win for best name. Man Dragon. So much better than Mothman, isn't it? I mean, no one's even yeah. said anything about him looking like a moth. I know. Um, uh, moth so pathetic. <laughs> um, but yeah, then apparently disaster hit the surrounding farmer village as 40 billion gallons of water. Um, boost oh, the dam. He's changed his thousand people. Well, this was first. This okay, was his, like he perfected his tempo. Yeah, um, it's escalating. Yeah, actually, no. This is the one that killed the most people. Oh, okay, he's de-escalating. He's yeah. chilling out now. Yeah, he, he started strong, and that's where he's gone from dragon to moth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So um, that's all. Like the not all of them, but. All the Harbinger of Death Easter. <laughs> Still don't know if I'm saying Harbinger, right? Gonna go with it. Um, yeah, but in 2006 in Wisconsin, a Cherokee man and his son were driving down a road and saw 
uh, creature. Um, they got a really good look at it, apparently. Um, describing it as bat-like and fleshy, with sparse hair and red eyes, the size of road reflectors. And the monster made a high-pitched screech that gave them vertigo and made them sick to their stomachs. Um, And then one of them was sick, another another creature, one of the men. And then later on, they found a deer carcass in the same place. But there have been sightings up until last year, in 2017, in Chicago, I think it is. If memory serves, I haven't got that written down. Are they only in Britain? Not that I know of, but maybe. I will uh, look into this. I don't want it to be. I'm a bit scared of him. He's a bit creepy. Yeah. Well, um, the Mothman has um, actually got his own little festival. Um, it started in 2002 in Point Pleasant in West Virginia, site oh. of the festivals. Um, it's held on the third weekend of every September, which is usually your birthday weekend. Yeah, oh, mate. Can we go? I think that would be an excellent place. Yes! Um, all the way to West Virginia to see the fucking Mothman. Sounds good. They have like a Mothman pancake eating contest and hayride tours and guest speakers. And we could totally be guest speakers. There. I, I know, because who else could? How many Mothman <laughs> experts are there? Uh, the year after the festival um, started, they released this 12-foot-tall metallic statue, which you can find on Google. It's hilarious. I love it. Of the Mothman. Is he um, like their local hero? He is. Like, we've got Tommy Cooper, Caffelli. They've <laughs> <laughs> got, got the Mothman. That's way cooler. In 2005, um, there was um, a Mothman Museum and Research Centre opened. I had a look at the website. It's it's beautiful. Oh. Entry's $3. It's open every day except for major holidays. And I really want to go. Oh. <laughs> What is in the museum? Pictures, pictures. Um, statues, uh, cuttings of newspapers. They've got a little bit on John Keel, the man who wrote the book The Mothman Prophecies, which oh, the film was okay. based on. Um, Wait, have I... The film with John, film? John Gear. You know John, John Gear? Yeah, I know the one, yeah. <laughs> Richard Gear. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've seen it. Wait. Oh, do you know, I'm kind of confused with the butterfly effect, but I haven't seen that either. So, yeah, basically in this, a journalist um, who's played by Richard Gere goes to find the reason that his wife died or something and ends up in Point Pleasant. I've not seen it, so I don't know, but I think that's what happens. Well, we're going to watch it and we're going to... I didn't even know it was a thing until I was telling my mum that I was doing this episode and she was like, oh, like the prophecies. And I was like, it's probably not the same off. Did you know she was talking about a film or did you think she was like, the prophecy has been fulfilled? My mother is a Mothman fanatic. Um, She owns the... Point Pleasant Twin Towers <laughs> Museum. <laughs> um, yeah, um, there's also a musical entitled Mothman: The Herald of Doom. Love it. Um, Should have been Harbinger, but <laughs> maybe they didn't know what to say it either. We all have our flaws. Um, it ran for three days in May of this year. Oh, <laughs> this year though. Did they make it to Broadway? Probably not. <laughs> oh, that's um, so cute. I totally would have gone to see that if I'd known that. I'm not in the theatre. The new Fallout game, Fallout 76, is set in West Virginia. And yes, Mothman's it is. in it. No way! Mothman's in it. Shut up. That was I'm literally. You know, at the start when we were singing uh, this West Virginia song, which I may or may not have cut out, I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> 
that was the first thing that was going through my head because it's on the advert for the game they sing in the West Virginia song. I was thinking about Fallout 76. I didn't want to say because that's all I talk about. So folklorist Jan Harold Brumvard, who I looked up and he's brilliant, um, he notes that the Mothman has been covered in the popular press and um, a lot of people claim he lives in a military storage site, which I have spelt site as envisioned, which is funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, at least you know I haven't copy-pasted it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, apparent, according to his um, analysis, at least 100 people saw Mothman in between two th- 1966 and 1967. Sure. Um, but many more were afraid to report their sightings. However, the written came sources... after him. <laughs> they didn't want to be convicted. Yeah. And well, what about... Probably because the men in black. Uh, yeah. um, most of the written sources... Consisted of children's book or sensationalised accounts, though, um, failing to quote identifiable people. Um, there's also reports of anecdotal tales of the Mothman attacking roofs of parked cars. Oh. You know, classic. Oh, yeah, I feel like. like it with children in them, you know, yeah. teenagers, rather. Like, um, oh, oh, like. The Man with the Hook in that no, story. No, no, what's it called? Um, oh, shit, what's that film? Uh. Don't sit on the apple tree with anyone else for me. No, no, that one. That's uh, the other one. No, 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 no. Um, I don't know. I'm just naming things. Jeepers Creepers. How'd you get those peepers? <laughs> yeah, like Jeepers that. Creepers. It's like that. Is he based on the Mothman? Because it's exactly like Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> I know. I don't know anything about Jeepers Creepers. <gasps> you not seen it? That fucking haunted my childhood. Any more to say? Um. Yeah. Um. Joe Nickel. I don't know who this man is, but it's, I've got his name written down. Some guy called Joe Nickel, your average Joe Nickel, says some hoaxes followed the publicity <laughs> in the flat press. So some construction workers tied flashlights or torches, as we know, uh, to helium balloons, and people <laughs> thought that was the most. That is commitment to a fucking. <laughs> oh, hang on now. What were the, the torches made out of? Ice and sugar? How did they not weigh down the helium balloons? I want to know the physics of this prank. Maybe they were just like reflective or something. I don't know. I'm not Joe Nickel. Or perhaps they were those. I don't even know what Joe Nickel is. You really think I did that much research? Remember those things in school where they would give you little reflective things so you wouldn't get murdered on your yeah. bike and not by a car. Muted. Yeah. Um, perhaps it was them. Yeah. Which was foolish because then they didn't have anything to stop them getting murdered by a car. So. <laughs> Jokes on you. Like, slurred your way through the sentence. Nicole also said that um, they could have been seeing an albino owl, even though snowy owls aren't native to the area, so probably not. Yeah. Um, pseudoscientists, like, you, did you know there is a science called ufology? And I'm not sure if it's pronounced UFOlogy or whether it's pronounced No way. Oh Um, my God, I want a degree in that. You know how much I want to be a scientist, Beth, and there's (laughs) nothing I'm more interested in than UFOs. And then there's cryptozoologists, which I think are also kind of Yeah, no, they're stupid. They're all on Tumblr. I want to be a UFOlogist. Okay. Anyway, these kind of pseudoscientist adherents, um, as they are known according to this article, claim that Mothman was an alien or supernatural manifestation, which is what I'm believing. Supernatural oh, manifestation. It ain't is. a fucking natural 
manifestation, <laughs> is it? I feel like supernatural manifestation is a good way to describe what we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We should we should yeah, change we everything it. we've done so far <laughs> and describe this podcast as a, a backlog of supernatural manifestations. I love it! Yes! Catherine yeah. rolls up the tag of some sexy sex elves. Um, Advertising 101. Okay. <laughs> um, wildlife biologist Robert Smith told reporters the descriptions and sightings fit the Sandhill Crane, which is a large crane, which is almost as tall as a man, and which has reddish colour around the eyes, which makes sense, except it's not native to West Virginia. Perhaps he's been on a bender. Okay. Well, the crane. Yes, yeah, why his eyes are red. Okay. Fucking hell, I can't stop slurring. So the last bird you're having, young lady. <laughs> um, two in. <laughs> um, John Keel, the guy who talked about the Mothman prophecies, and by talked about, I mean wrote, claims that residents <laughs> of Point Pleasant experience precognitions and premonitions of the collapse. And there were also UFO sightings and visits from inhuman people um, and threatening men in black, which Ooh. we have previously touched upon. So, wait, so the Mothman Prophecies is non-fiction? I genuinely think John Keel believed I think it was a fiction based on... Okay, what do you think is real? I mean, I was researching this. I mean, no, I but I, this in an hour. I feel that the film is not is fictional, but this is news to me that he thinks it's real. I thought, like, he knew that he made it up. No, I think he genuinely... I think that's why he's got his own little shrine in the Mothman Museum. Huh. Uh, and there's also like um, newspaper articles about like the NASA gargoyle, which is like what some people oh, think that's oh the um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's like down uh, to however many fords above the sky or something. No, what's that that um, Twilight Zone episode? You know where there's like a gremlin on the side of the airplane and the oh, man goes yeah. nuts. Is that based on that? I don't know. Cool. Good chat. Um, I know, there's just something, like someone who worked at NASA saw this thing that looked like the Mothman creature in the area or something. Was it on a, on a, on a, a rocket? In space? Or on Earth? On Earth. Oh. Lame. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, take it back. Um... Yeah, quick, 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 quick Google. Um, so apparently, um, it like was outside one of the nearby buildings at the um the Texas Space Center, and um, he eventually told his superiors. Shaw's boss, his name was Shaw, um, revealed a secret file had been opened on the creature just a few months prior to the sighting. The supervisor stated that the file had been created in response to the gruesome death of the two bases, two, of two of the bases' German shepherds. Oh. German shepherds! Why are you now down German oh, shepherds? Why do hate German shepherds so much? Oh, man. Apparently the corpses of the hideously mutilated canines have been oh, discovered no. in exactly the same area. I don't like that. I don't like dogs dying. Wait, I've seen it. Um, Can we have minimal animal deaths on this podcast? Well, I will be honest, I've not read this until I right know, now. I know, I um, know, but just for future reference, can okay. we? 
Um, following this unusual confession, Shaw's story made its way up the chain of command until it apparently came to the attention of some NASA officials mm-hmm. who, in classic men in black fashion, decided to interrogate the witness. Yes. Shaw's daughter, Desiree. Desiree. Love it. Um, Was there an apostrophe? No. Uh, 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 accent. Um, yeah, but um, her father, she says her father was intensely grilled. Um, and they informed him that it would be best um, in his family's best interest if he kept quiet about the encounter. Um, this wasn't really revealed until 2004 when Desiree relayed it to an author. And the creature sometimes referred to as the NASA gargoyle. Um, also kind of fits the description of Mothman, um, but it's a very tenuous link. I don't know why this is on this wiki at all. <laughs> nice responding. <laughs> so that was Mothman, which I I was expecting to be a really short one, and then I looked into it, and it was like, oh shit, there's a lot. Well, that's great, because I did no work. Uh, I really, really, really want to go to that museum at some point. Oh, do, we'll do it on the way to the festival for my birthday. Okay. Okay, let's go stay at Point Pleasant. Everyone let's fly to West Virginia to see the Mothman. We're gonna make we're gonna make a what's the thing called? Crowdfunder. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Everyone pay money please, all three of you to for my birthday trip to Mothman Festival and I will stop to thing. And you know what fuck it, we'll stop in Chernobyl as well. We'll not go there. It's it's gonna, way. Yeah. Well it's gonna be on the way. Just give us more money, please. I beg of you. Give us more money. <laughs> give us more money. More than you're inter- already intended on giving us. So so you know some the Mothman, any questions? <laughs> you wouldn't think so from my merciless mockery of every sentence you said I actually really enjoyed that that was good because like the Mothman's so famous and I know nothing about it I've realised I have a picture of him in my brain which I don't know if I've seen him on something or I've made it up and that's all I know my favourite part is that no one has described him as a moth yeah and yet we've decided that was the best descriptor for him yeah, we personally. Or? We yeah no, I registered his name with the British government in 1966. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah, I've also got his birth certificate. You're the Mothman. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going at. But yeah, so he he either caused or prevented the death of people at Chernobyl and some other things. I am team caused. Oh, I'm team protect. If you attack. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Mothman. Um, I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. <laughs> I very much did. Learning is exciting. Learning um, is earning. I was trying to think of a word that I was learning and I had nothing. <laughs> I was like, burning? Turning? Turning? Learning is burning. <laughs> I think I have an infection. <laughs> Knowledge are you going to impart? <laughs> um, what wisdom have you Possibly for me? none, but I've got a story for you. <laughs> the tension is killing me. Right, so, 
Hosha is taking Bethan back to 1688, Stockholm, in Sweden. Yes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. Okay. So, Stockholm in Sweden, 1688. We are landing in the house of Mr. Emanuel Swedenborg. Um, son of Mr. Jesper Svedberg um, and some unnamed womb-haver. <laughs> of course, I mean, they don't need names. They, they exist purely for housework and reproduction. And normally, I would be right there with you in my pink vagina hat, but <laughs> to be, to be fair, Mr. Jasper Svedberg... Uh, became the bitch. You <laughs> <laughs> became the bitch of Scar. You <laughs> became the bishop of Scar. So yeah, but that doesn't mean that his wife think... doesn't exist. But she's boring. She's you not know. interesting to the story. You don't know that though. She didn't have a title, otherwise we'd know her name. No, but maybe they just didn't think it was important because she was a female. I don't think so. Bishops are not important to me, but it's like interesting. It's not really the point I'm making. Women, women didn't become bishops in 1688. Anyway. I'm not saying she was a bishop. <laughs> I'm saying she was important. She had a life. She was a person. <sighs> Look, so, I'll get off my She was a woman. She didn't matter. Um, Pink vagina hats are now off. <laughs> Let's return to the story about a man. Okay, so um, Emanuel Swedenborg was the son of Jasper Svedberg and some goddess who... Uh, that's better. <laughs> She's not named because her name was just it, too powerful. You get her name off your lips. It's you're not allowed. You're a mere <laughs> person. She's above us all. Um, Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Emmanuel, who the story's about. Um, <laughs> you mean this isn't about a named woman? Literally, never hear from Jesper or the mother ever again. Um, <laughs> so Emmanuel was like a brain box he was mad intelligent he um was a super smart kid and he ended up going to Uppsala University which I assume is a notable university I can't say my university knowledge you're looking at me as if I know (laughs) yeah well I'm kind of expecting you to be like you know Uppsala University what I I am not the fountain of all knowledge for uh, European universities why am I starting this podcast with you then oh my god Uppsala really wow you know that's the Harvard of Sweden (laughs) (laughs) so after he went to um Uppsala University, uh, he took a gap year, he travelled across Europe, he studied with great philosophers and scientists. As we all did on our gap year. Oh, yeah. Did you take a picture of the drugged out tiger? It shunned everywhere. Um, and despite his stutter, he mastered most European languages. Oh, oh yeah, the stutter, that's adorable. The Swedenborg was king of the nerds. This, I... I'm, Shouldn't have read that word for word. Apparently, I'd got bored at that point already. Um, it's not surprising to me. <laughs> and he aced anything he turned his hand to. He could do music, maths, chemistry, astronomy, anatomy, physics, and psychology. 
Um, he analysed dreams before Freud did. Freud is such a fraud. <sighs> I like it. Put a name play there. That's what I bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> he was also an inventor. Um, he invented things as inventors want to do, <laughs> including um, ships that could become waterproof and turn themselves into armed submarines. Gotta say, I thought ships were waterproof anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the bottom, you never see a made out of paper like Joe. Yeah, but maybe the tops are. <laughs> Sweden's Sweden's well, yeah. these old Sweden's yeah we don't know what life is like in, in Sweden what's it 1688 maybe they're all going around on paper boats yeah maybe the origami you know the reason our boats are waterproof it's because of people like a man yeah. in Swedenburg Borg yeah, there we Borg. Borg. He also invented a device that enabled musical people, no, non-musical people, fucking fuck, why didn't I just write, like, in normal English? I was, I wrote musical dum-dums, and I was trying to avoid <laughs> saying it, and I couldn't think how to say it. <laughs> a device that enabled musical dum-dums to play complicated songs on almost any instrument. Oh my god! Oh, just now it's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> um, if anyone ever wants to sponsor our Patreon, you can find Porsche's <laughs> original notes. <laughs> I'll send you the original Google Doc. Um, and finally, a hydraulic machine to move he- heavy cargo into a ship's hold. Few of them were ever built, but he drew up the schematics and he figured out the details, so it still counts. And that is the story of a man. I drew up the schematic of an eternal potato machine when I was ten. I don't count myself as an inventor, though. What's an eternal potato machine? Tell me more. I really don't want to. Dragon's Den. Get in it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no purpose to it. How do the potatoes never end? What does it do with the potatoes? It just puts them on a conveyor belt, and they go through a bunch of little weird shit, like those machines where you put a ball in and it goes everywhere, and then eventually you make toast. That sounds great. Oh my god, the amount of time I spent on it. Do you know that old printer paper with the holes inside, and it was just one big sheet folded up? I went through miles of the stuff. Was it... But conveyor belts have already been invented. But... Potato machines with con- But didn't just put potatoes on a conveyor belt? Alright, why are you ruining this? <laughs> I um I invented uh flavoured envelopes as a child and my dad was like, That's not inventional, is it? You just improved an envelope and I was like, Cool, I'll never imagine again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, so um, um they they go my dreams. <laughs> Thanks, Pops. <laughs> He's not wrong though. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what you just did to me. <laughs> like, well, it's the cycle. It's the cycle of ruining people's dreams. Uh, so in 1716, he became an assessor for the Royal College of Mines, which he did for 30 years. That's a great name for a college, isn't it? It sounds like something out of like D and D world. It's pretty self-explanatory, like, isn't it? It does the job. You know, oh, I don't know, it's a bit vague. Royal College of Mines. Teaches you how to do mines. 
Are you saying minds? Minds. Any like? Oh, okay. Oh, that's <laughs> less impressive. Ignore everything I said. I thought you were saying minds. I was like, <laughs> really, really impressed by this. I see. <laughs> the Royal College of Minds sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. Let's let's uh, let's invent it. <laughs> During this time, he vastly improved the methods of extracting metal from rock. Oh, so uh, if I'd continued listening, I may have figured it out. Yeah, yeah, possibly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, in 1718, he published the first book about algebra in S- Swedish and then did 39 other academic books. And in 1719, he was ennobled and became a Swedish MP. Ooh. So, fast forward now to his 50s. Can I just... No. Never mind, I was going to give you an incorrect fact. Give it to me. No, it's wrong. Give it to me. I was going to say that there is no true capital of Sweden, but I was thinking of Switzerland. Switzerland's capital of Sweden. No, Switzerland's a different country. Um, so when he was in his 50s, he sent a letter to his friend saying he'd had a life-changing experience. Ooh. Now it gets exciting. Well, I was excited by the Royal College of Mines. <laughs> I'm very Welsh. <laughs> uh, so the letter I'm going to read to you here forth. <laughs> <laughs> I have been called to a holy office by the Lord himself. Bit of a humble brag, isn't it? This, is, this took a turn I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably should have built that up a bit more. <laughs> he's, like, he's really smart. He's he, a miner. He was called to the Holy Office by the Lord himself. Um, yeah, so the Lord himself almost mercifully appeared before me in the year 1743 when he opened my sight into the spiritual world and he enabled me to converse with spirits and angels in which states I have remained, no, I have continued up to the present day. From that time, I began to print and publish the various secrets that were seen to me revealed to me about heaven and hell the state of man after death and the true worship of god i i'd be so pissed off yeah you fucking come out this book right like right now use my secrets right i'm god i will basically <laughs> use my secrets and he's like cool gonna go and publish that on the slide you Tell never know <laughs> god doesn't subscribe he's to the journal of miners <laughs> He doesn't. Yeah. He's not got time to read all these science journals. <laughs> he's too busy smiting. He's too busy non-existent. Um, <laughs> so uh, after he'd written this letter, time passed, <laughs> and then he was in bed. <laughs> as as time is wont to do. <laughs> so time passes after that. And then he is in bed one one night. As one, <laughs> there's tends no to better be. way to do <laughs> no. Some time after this letter was uh, exchanged, and all of God's secrets were leaked to the media, to the press. Yeah, <laughs> um, Mr. Swedenborg, Swedenborg, <laughs> God, Bethan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mr. Swedenborg was in bed and he was snoozing, I assume. And then there was a big noise, frightened him. 
and he said it sounded like many winds rushing through the room. Many winds. Many of them. Um, <laughs> but no one wind. Not several winds. No one wind, as I really wanted to say. I uh, said bueni. <laughs> When he wins. So these many wins. How many exactly do we have a figure? Well, many. That's the specific figure. <laughs> they were many. So these many wins rushing through the room, and he said, then it felt like something invisible grabbed him, chucked him out of bed. Rude. And he was like, shit. And then um, <laughs> he was like. Yeah, well, he was shut up. He was like shaking. He was like on the floor, not in bed anymore. <laughs> and he went to pray to God to stop it. Did is this then. just his like an excuse for falling out of bed? He was really embarrassed. <laughs> he was like, oh, 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 I was thrown by an invisible hand. <laughs> I don't fall out of bed. I was, I was blown out of bed by the wind. Who <laughs> left that window open? There were many of them. Um. <laughs> So he's like on the floor, shitting a brick. Um, he he's like, better pray, get all these many winds out of my house. Um, there is one hell of a draft. Yeah, it's like I'm freezing my tits off, and someone grabs his arms. Um, he looks up, he sees Jesus of all people. Jesus Christ, <laughs> visited him himself. <laughs> he did, Bertha. <laughs> I am genuinely <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> what a privileged young man. <laughs> Baby Jesus of the Bible fame. Uh, but he, he said it was as depicted in religious paintings. The white. So, yeah, white. Uh, with long stringy hair like Kirk Cobain. Yeah, Kirk Cobain. Jesus. Probably just Kirk Cobain. Confirmed. Never seen him in the same room, ever. Uh... According to Emmanuel, Jesus and Cripes. Oh, Jesus and Cripes. Sounds like cheese and Cripes. <laughs> anyway, what about Jesus? <laughs> Jesus told him that he had been enlisted to serve God and was now able to talk to angels and other entities of the spiritual world. Um, but that's just a summary because Emmanuel never disclosed what Jesus' exact words well, were. Well, I'm not surprised. Jesus probably was like, you little <laughs> shit, you, you tell anyone my fucking secret. I can't believe you published the fact that I still wet the bed. <laughs> Bullshit, I told you that as a best friend. <laughs> You're not my best friend anymore, <laughs> Emmanuel. My best friend is Peter. I'm, I'm going to send all my wins into your room. Uh, so after this experience, his personality and lifestyle changed dramatically. I am not surprised. Oh, well, yeah, I would shit anyone up. He left his job at the Royal College of Mines. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was very impressed with him. Well, one could say he left the College of Mines for the College of Mines because he stopped studying mundane subjects in favour of devoting all of his time to studying spirituality and working on a spiritual development. Ah, it's come full circle. It's like I knew. So he's, some may say he's now a student of the College of Mines. 
Uh, a year after he saw Jesus. <laughs> I like this bit. Sorry, I just like that sentence. <laughs> so a year after Jesus. A year after Jesus presented himself to him. One year B.C.M. Um, A.D. <laughs> uh, Swedenborg was eating his, and this is a direct quote from the book that I stole all of this from, his usual overindulgent midday meal, like, Bitchy as fuck. I want to know how big Swedenborg is. (laughs) Swedenborg's eating shitloads for lunch. Piggish. Um, When the room went dark, he then noticed that the floor was covered in snakes and toads. Why is there always snakes and toads? toads, (laughs) Who let out my snakes and toads? (laughs) I... I like snakes and toads. Why not? So I wouldn't be upset by either. Well, would you be upset if you, all of a sudden there were snakes and toads? Oh. I, I don't know. I don't trust toads. I don't believe you wouldn't be a little bit upset if all of a sudden your floor was covered in an unknown. I, I, I tell you, I spent, I, I spent a whole day once traveling round all the pet shops in South Wales looking for a pet frog. So if if a lot of toads present themselves to me, I'd be chuffed. It's not the same thing as them just appearing while you're having your usual overindulgent <laughs> lunch, though. Um, well, I'd be happy. All right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop, I'll stop toe-shaming you. <laughs> These two. Some reptile shaming me. Um, then a bloke appeared in the corner of the room and told him, Eat not so much. And I have put, like an OG internet troll... <laughs> Everything disappeared, and from then on, <laughs> from then on, <laughs> uh, everything disappeared, and then from then on, Swedenborg ate in moderation. He ate not so much. Yeah, not so much. That is the best diet coach. There's <laughs> a bunch of snakes and toads. Not fat shaming me, do that. Let's let's eat not so much, yeah. <laughs> Eat your slimming world points on your sins. It's an interesting meal. Maybe you could eat nothing. Um, (laughs) I'm going through a lot at the moment. At the time, no, over time, (laughs) time was involved. Over time, Swedenborg started developing various psychic abilities, such as automatic writing, prophecy, and precognition. Explain to the me what automatic writing is. I was going to be like, I know, but our public, <laughs> our adoring fans may not. So please explain <laughs> for their benefit, because I already know what automatic writing is. I uh, definitely know this. Yes. For automatic writing is when you um, you just like pen to paper and then you're not allowed to take it off and you just write without thinking about anything you just do like what your hand is telling you to write basically but it's like it's not always like a creepy spiritual thing like a lot of like writers do it it's like a, as a creative sort of yeah exercise um but yeah it's, it can also be like a thing where people reckon like someone's writing through you and stuff like that sounds like bullshit though like prove it well exactly yeah yeah. How, how can we see you're not thinking? You know? 
Just because you left a few spelling errors in. That's because it's all written all over itself. <laughs> like, I mean, I can't even read that. You can tell me that it's predicting yeah. the... I don't know, what number coming of Christ is this? The fourth? Uh, somewhere up there. He also developed something called remote viewing, which is where someone you can like predict something that's happening, either happening now in a different place or it's going to happen in a different time. So, like Karen, whose boobs tell her that when it's raining. That's exactly what I thought of when I was writing this. Oh, like, we're oh, so insane! <laughs> So one day he predicted that his friend would die at 4.45pm and you were never going to guess what happened at 4.45pm. Did they have an overindulgent usual lunch? (laughs) (laughs) One would think so, but one would be wrong because in fact his friend died. What? Right? This is shocking. Maybe someone had predicted it. Uh, I would would not want to be friends with him. He's like Jessica Fletcher, isn't he? He was healthy, he was clean living. I'm making all this up, I just assume. um, (laughs) You know, he actually had crippling heart disease. (laughs) Yeah. He was 94. (laughs) Uh, In 1690 or something. And also, Emmanuel had gone up to his house at 4.45 with a knife. (laughs) Um, another time, he was having dinner with his mill owner friend, and he suddenly put down. <laughs> Why is that <laughs> Well, he suddenly put down it. his knife and fork and told his friend to get home immediately as a fire was breaking out at the mill owned. Oh. And sure enough, when the mill owner arrived back at the mill owned, <laughs> why did I write that again? <laughs> Are you aware that you own the mill? The way you're saying mill owned sounds like one word. Like an <laughs> Italian football coach or something. <laughs> <laughs> when he returned to Milione. Um He returned to the mill, he found a piece of cloth that had fallen onto the furnace and caught fire. One of the most impressive uses of this skill was in 1759 on July the 19th when he was attending a party along with 16 other people. He's old now, isn't he? He's like 70. When was he born? 1688. 80? 79? 61. 81. 71. No. I'm a mathematician, Beth, and I don't know. <laughs> uh, who do you think I am? A man with Swedenborg? <laughs> um, I don't know a single person who owns a mill. So. Uh, he just needed to clarify that it was one of his boring friends, not his friend Jesus. <laughs> He's got no secrets worth publishing. All his secrets about mills and hay bullshit. So, anyway, he was attending this party, 16 other people. Um, at his friend William Castell's place in Gothenburg, which is 240 miles away from Stockholm, which is where Emmanuel was from and lived. The guests were all sitting around having dinner and chatting when he suddenly had a vision of a massive fire in Stockholm. Uh, and he was telling everyone, he was like, fucking hell, massive fire in Stockholm. And they didn't take him seriously. But he was proper shaken up, so he went outside for air. He came back in. And he told one of the guests, he was like, you were home, has been completely knackered by the fire. And you get a destroyed... You get a burnt house. You get a burnt house. 
Bees! <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he told his bloke his house was gone, and then he proceeded to vividly describe the fire to the guests. Look Hot at and orange. <laughs> That's a pretty... It's uh, not <laughs> wrong. And then he suddenly collapsed into a chair out of breath and said, Thank God, the fire is extinguished, the third door from my house. Thank Christ, my Good for okay. you. Good for you, Amanda. I bet he said that fire. No one gives a shit about this bloke with his gutted fucking house, right? Mine's okay. Everybody calm down. My house is okay. Please. Toads and snakes will live. <laughs> don't, don't tell me there to eat so not so much. <laughs> will live to tell me not to eat so much again. <laughs> Not so much, rather. The the wind probably blew her out. Um, oh, but, that's why. Yeah. Oh, that's not a premonition. No. So a lot of the guests still didn't believe him, but on the Monday evening, this took place on the Saturday. So for like two days, they were all just like, "Oh well, let's just stay here anyway and chill." Like, wouldn't you go home if your house had nearly burned down and all of your neighbours were? About to die. Destroyed and yeah. Well, maybe he didn't know when it was going to happen. I mean, it I wasn't think, well, he was seeing it in real time, I think. Well, I know, because I wrote it. He was seeing it in real time. <laughs> oh, I thought it was it was a, a, he was not, well, a it, preview. Well, um, was, what's the, the word that's not seeing, preview? The, the seeing thing, where he was remote viewing, where he was seeing it in a, di- in a different place. It wasn't always at a different time, it was just in a different place. Oh, it's because you then said on the Monday, I kind of assumed you were going to say on the Monday, indeed. No. Well, on the Monday, um, a messenger from Stockholm arrived to inform them of the fire and confirmed all the details he'd given them. The fire was wasn't, in fact hot. Was it orange? Um, it was orange, oh my yeah. God. And it did do that little Ripley dance. Um, and according to the fact, the fire, according to the fact, according to the mass, ma- mass, <laughs> the massacre. <laughs> according to the messenger, it had stopped three houses from his house. I didn't, I didn't know what word you were going to use. <laughs> From Stockton arrived, informed them the message. The <laughs> and he confirmed all of the details that he had described, including the fact that the fire had stopped three doors away from his house. The provisional governor of Stockholm later asked Swedenborg, Swedenborg, if he knew how the fire had started, and he said yes. And then he walked out. Yeah. <laughs> to his good. perfectly fine house. I'm, I'm glad you've got some. Um no and then he, he gave him a blow by blow account of how it happened. What do we know? No. I don't believe it. It was the male owner, I bet. Oh yeah, I bet he was like <laughs> I bet he was there like I bet a man will set my house on fire. Well, yeah, I'm going to say it's straight on fire yeah, and then it backfired. I'm going to start with someone's house down the street and let it build its way up. Yeah. Like a good alibi, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was Makes thinking. Makes you look less guilty. 
Yeah. Little did he know the many winds. I know. I was house. about to say the many winds. Uh... <laughs> they like guard dogs for Emmanuel because he doesn't have to worry about people breaking in. He has to worry about setting fires. So he's, he keeps the winds. Why as guard does he dogs. only tell future stories about fires though? <laughs> future stories. <laughs> As well as having psychic abilities, he could also talk to spirits, as promised by Jesus. Jesus did promise that. He did promise, and he followed through. In 1760, the dust, the fucking fuck, <laughs> <laughs> the dust ambassador. <laughs> that would be a great sketch. <laughs> I am the dust ambassador. <laughs> I speak for the dust. Ideas between the dust and Stockholm. <laughs> in 1760, the Dutch ambassador to Stockholm died. Soon after, his wife received a bill from a goldsmith who claimed that her husband hadn't paid for some silver work he'd commissioned before he died. What a dick. Why would you go to a goldsmith for silver work? Bullshit! I take it on Judge Rinder. I, I just think golden smell the sit. No. I just think golden. Not that word because it didn't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the stroke, man. It was like you were. It's fine. Yeah, it's alright. As long as it was me, I'm going to stroke, not you. <laughs> like my house isn't going to burn down. Okay. <laughs> Rest easy. Golden silversmith, as I have just pro- proven, is too much of a mouthful. <laughs> you would focus on the gold bit, that's fair. That's where his bread and butter, isn't it? Uh. But anyway, yeah, so she was like, nuh-uh, my husband oversells his debt sometime, even when he's dead. <laughs> he's a Lannister. His big, his big thing was like, I oversell my debt sometime. Um, like a Lannister? I've never seen Game of Thrones. No, me, I just know the reference, okay. <laughs> uh, she didn't believe it. As I just said. Um, never mind. <laughs> In order to find out the truth, she decided to ask Swedenborg for his help. Because he was getting like a bit of a rap now, like people knew about him and knew about the things he did. Yeah. And like surprisingly, people seemed to accept it. Like It, mm, it was the 18th just, century though, I mean. Yeah, but pe- people were extremely religious, so you'd think they would take offence at it. But no. No, everyone wants a sign. No, he ran against God, though, the stuff he used to say. I'm surprised. Okay. Uh, so she, he said, yeah, I'll have a chat with him. Um, I'll contact your spirit husband and I'll have a word, see what's going on. So he did. He came back to it. He said, look, I've had a chat with your husband. And he said, I paid for it. Definitely, the receipt somewhere in the house. Can't remember where I put it. So he was like, "Listen, typical man." Exactly. He's like, "Listen, give me a sec, right? I'll, I'll go and have a look in the house. I'll when I find her, I'll let you know." This is what her dead husband said. So the ghost has access to the house, or is it yeah. a ghost house? No, his house, his real life house. Well, because the receipt's got to be a new house, isn't it? The real life one. Yeah, but maybe it's got like a projection. I don't know. I don't know how the afterlife works. Don't judge me. Okay. They got very defensive over like that. the one judging you, but okay. I'm very much judging me. It was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, so eight days later, the widow had a super vivid dream 
where her husband told her that she could find the receipt in his desk drawer. It's like, got it. I knew I had it somewhere. So when she woke up, she went and had a look, and there it was. Whoa. So she went back to this goldsmith, and she was like, boom, bitch, receipts. Have it. You little piece of shit. And he was like, the game is up. Because that's how they talked in. I in would go away with it too. Jeez. If it wasn't for you and your <laughs> meddling dumb, Jesus lover. dumb <laughs> spirit man. Um, another example of old Marnie's abilities to talk to the dead was in 1761. And he got Are like. You calling him old Marnie because he's now an old man? Because I love that. <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> that was where I was going. A very clever play on words from me. Um, <laughs> at this point, he's, he was really well known and the Queen of Sweden summoned him. Ooh. No, I am impressed with that one. Crazy famous. Um, he's on the royal... Constratospheric. He's like a little mix. Um... So she asked him if he could get in touch with her dead brother, Augustus William of Prussia, who had died four years ago. Mm. So he was like, sure, why not? So he came back three weeks later, and he was like, and, and he walked in, and the Queen was like playing cards at the time. Didn't bother getting up, didn't bother like greeting him. She's she the Queen, like, she doesn't have to. Don't judge her. But he's the best Stop judging! Jesus. <laughs> He's higher than her. Perhaps she should eat not so much, maybe. God. All right, no need to fat shame the Queen of Sweden. She was playing cards, she just blanked him, and she was like, what did my brother say, Anne? So um, Swedenborg was like, look, your brother said it's top secret, so I'm going to tell him private. She was like, I'm playing cards. I haven't got time to be piss-assing about what my dead brother's talking about. So she was like, come on, whisper in my ear. So he was like, fine. So he whispered it reluctantly into her ear. Why reluctantly? Well, because he, he wanted to tell her in secret. He didn't want to say it in a room full of people. Fair enough. Because the brother had told, the, bro- the, de- the brother was dead and he was telling him stuff. He'd listen to the dead blog of the living woman, wouldn't know. Yeah. So anyway, so he whispered in her ear and... I mean, no. <laughs> Why did I agree to that? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would. I'd rather piss off a real person than a ghost. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, have you not seen any horror film ever? <laughs> <laughs> so he whispered it to her and immediately she went white as a sheet and she started swaying as if she was about to faint. In the book it actually said she was tottering around as if she was about to faint. But I was like, that makes no sense. So I'm going to change it to swaying. So... No, that's very dramatic, isn't it? Getting up and tottering. She wasn't even sit- well, standing it's up. Well, totter when you're going to faint. Well, especially if you're sitting down playing well, cards. she got up to let him whisper in her ear then, didn't she? Oh. But, but like, this is tottering, isn't it? Like, walking like this on heels. Yeah. That's not how people faint. It's like, not. It's very like a dramatic. serial fainter. <laughs> I sway much more than I totter. Um. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, deadaymerch.com <laughs> so um, and she said that is something which no one could have no one else could have told except my brother what do you think it was well we don't know but I, I don't know if you reckon she's got a birthmark on her ass or something 
I thought it'd be something dirty, like a dirty family secret. Why would your, fa- why would your brother know that, though? Don't know your dirty business. Yeah, family secret, he would, wouldn't he? What dirty business have they got between their own family? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. These are the secrets you want to be publishing. Not yeah, gods. we don't care about God's secrets. We don't angels. We want to know all about the gossip and the family. Yeah. I reckon it was that. They are impressed. Not to shit on the spirits of. I want to shit on him. How about that? Right. Augustus William of Prussia. Mm. She called you out. Don't fuck your sister. So, in 1772, John Wesley, who was the bloke who founded Methodism, as in like Methodist Christians, he decided he he did all this stuff about um, Mr. Swedenborg, and he was like, I need to speak to this bloke. He sounds nuts. So he was like, I need to see this for myself. <laughs> yeah, he was like impressed. He was like on his side, and he was like, I want to meet him. I think it was just like you know when celebrities are like, oh, I'm famous now, so I want to be photographed with other famous people. So I'm gonna like make a fake friendship. Then it was like that. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. hate those people, man. They were the the old fashioned Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. I feel. Hey, leave Selena Gomez out of this. I shan't. Alright then. Is she Emmanuel or? She's. No, I feel like she is. Biebs is the Methodist. Yeah, he probably ran her, didn't he? And yeah. yeah. So, um, but before he could write to him to ask him to meet up, Emmanuel wrote to him saying, Sir, I've been informed in the world of the spirits, that you have a strong desire to converse with me. I shall be happy to see you if you will favour me with a visit. I am, sir, your humble servant, Emmanuel Swedenborg. I would totally wait to be invited. <laughs> I was just doing a random uh, yeah, if you got it yeah. wrong, you'd be well embarrassed. <laughs> also, how intense is it in your first ever letter to him, quote, saying, I'm your humble servant? Fucking hell. They are cool. <laughs> So Wesley was knocked for six, um, but he wrote back saying, I'd love to meet you. However, I'm just about to leave for a six-week preaching tour. He was quite the rock star of the day. <laughs> I, um, I really want that tour hurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so can we meet up after I get back, please? And Swedenborg, uh, being a busy man, wrote black, wrote black? <laughs> Uh, he wrote back saying, sorry, but I'm going to die on March the 29th, 1772. So, so that's not so, really good for me. It's not a great time. And then after that, I'm just booked, fully booked. Like I've got a lot so. of spirits who are a bit angry because <laughs> I told everyone their fucking secrets. <laughs> so he's like, we're never going to get a chance to meet in this material world. Which I think is the best like brush off I've ever <laughs> like. Like I, I have made some excuses for not meeting up with people in my time, but... I just... <laughs> that's how I'm going to just palm off. He was like, shit. I did, Unsuitable lovers now. I thought I'd give up my letter. <laughs> I didn't think he'd actually want to meet. So I'm like, I've got to go and talk myself. Yeah, but it's just weird. We're not long for this material world together. <laughs> I accidentally told him I was his humble servant. And now he's like really I'm involved. so embarrassed. Shit. Now I'm going to have to pretend I'm going to die and then actually die. Fuck. <laughs> 
It's alright. So, my, my buddies in the spirit world will be careful <laughs> for me. It's good. Um, and on March the 29th, uh, it came and... <laughs> say that in a, in a more English way. So, March the 29th came and Swedenborg died peacefully in London and was buried in the Swedish Church of St. George's of the East. Oh, oh I got it right. Did he have a time on it all? I don't know. I don't think so, no. Because they didn't arrange a time because he'd only asked the date. What would... What would... What would... You can't put a bet on that, though, because he, he could have just gone and killed himself then. What would you do if you were about to die and you were like, oh, I'm dying next week? Well, I was thinking about this just I'd today. I'd go back to Sweden. I wouldn't stay in London. I'd go to the Cardiff Museum. As you would, that though. Were you in Cardiff Museum? Yeah. When you thought of it? And, it was, and I was thinking, this is definitely the last place I'd want to go before I die. I wouldn't want to die there, but it, it'd like be in my last couple of days, I'd make sure I go. And then St. Fagans. And then Cronkite Fowl. St. Fagans is intense. That'd be hard work if you're dying. It's a lot of walking. Okay, what if you were going to die of a unrelated, like, accident? Yeah, what if you dropped dead like a man was buddy? Oh, what if I was, like, in, um, in Final Destination? Mm. And I was next. I'd definitely go home. I'd do a Christmas, I think. Yeah. I'd have a Christmas day... And then I'd go to and I'd go to Cardiff Museum, and then I'd I'd get stam. I'd I'd play with my dog for the rest of the time. Uh, this is gonna get really morbid. Okay. Right. Are you, try are you gonna tell me the date you die? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say if I knew the date I die, I'd want to cheat the system and kill myself and see if it works. Kind of, yeah. But then, what if it actually wasn't true, and then you killed yourself for no reason? Yeah, yeah. I feel like mm. well, I often think about this. Do you know when you see like stuff about. The people who like um, I don't know the ones who threw them off the twin towers, threw themselves off the twin towers and stuff because they knew they were going to burn to death. And I always feel like I would, I don't know if I'd get to the point where I'd do it because I'd always be thinking, but what if it's like there's some possibility I could survive? And I don't think I'd ever get to the point where I'd be like, no, I'm definitely going to die, so I might as well. Yeah, that's Like okay, but what if? You had as much faith as a man. This is a Laura Wallace. We've gone down a very <laughs> deep rabbit hole. But if you had the faith of and Emmanuel I Swedenborg, really fully thought I, it was going to happen, and there was nothing I could do about it. Yeah, I probably would just to see what would happen. Like, would I be able to? But, but also, he's a big, big uh, Bible bashing, and so he might think he's going to go to to um, the middle place. What's that called? Purgatory. 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 <laughs> Why do you love your soft G so much, mate? <laughs> Which one's a soft one? The G? Yeah. Really? That feels harder to me than a G. No, it's like a... I don't know, I've only used a said with C's. The G is like... I'm actually a G to feel like a said E, but like a G is like a... Knife. No. <laughs> um, it's like a, this sort of... This sort of fabric bag, but if it was like full of a cardboard box or something, so it's firm. So, like a seti that's made out of cardboard? No, not a seti, a bag. <laughs> okay, right, okay. I'm glad you, you clarified. I am completely on the opposite end of that. I feel G is a beanbag. G. G. Yeah. G is a beanbag. G is a wooden floor. Really? Mm. Perhaps just because, like, G, G, G is like footstep sounds. 
But then I suppose if you said j j j like that, that could be quite soft. Even that sounds soft. That sounds like walking through like mush. Don't it? Yeah, see that good. But I'm making it like stilettos. It still sounds like stilettos. I don't know. I'm completely. I don't know. I think it's like a dark red teddy. J j is like that over cardboard. Nah, j is a beanbag. Jet is mushy leaves. Fuck you. You're <laughs> wrong. This well. is the end of our podcast. <laughs> anyway, so we died. <laughs> so we died. <laughs> so, despite the fact... This is like the bit now at the end of the film where you're like, here's what everybody did afterwards. So after his death, despite the fact that he had never considered himself a psychic or a medium, um, and he definitely never used his skills to preach or start a sect, after his death, he gained tons of followers, and in 1787, um, a load of Wesleyan preachers, like the ones who followed the Methodist bloke, um, they started like a denomination within the Methodism, is that what it's called? And the Methodist Church, maybe, and called themselves the New Church, signified by the New Jerusalem in the Revelation, which is not catchy at all. The 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 I can't I can't even figure out what that would sound like. Isn't and it's tanks, I love it. I'm on it now. That I, I would have on a t-shirt. Yeah. What would the tinsel do? It sounded like I said quinceanera then. Did it? No. No. So, to this day, um, <laughs> to this day, his beliefs about the afterlife are still being studied and interpreted by, like, so what did he believe about the afterlife? Well, I'm going to tell him. Oh! Uh, so what we do know for sure is that he believed that heaven and hell are all around us and that death is just a process of transforming your soul from one state to another. I it's like, I feel like that's what everyone thinks. Yeah. Like, no matter <laughs> what your belief is, you're transforming yourself from alive to dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, yeah. Seems I mean, to think he was uh, special for saying that. Um, he also said that when you die and your fresh spirit arrives at the pearly gates, you will be greeted by both <laughs> an Angela, as I've written, <laughs> an Angela and a Karen. Um, <laughs> you will be greeted by both an angel. I hope it's and Angela a... Merkel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's definitely. Oh, Lansbury. Like, Lans- top What's her name? Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Yeah. I'd love to meet Lansbury at the gates. She winked at me one time. What? I went to see Booty and the Beast in, like, play when I was little, and she was playing Mrs. Teapot. (laughs) (laughs) The first name is is, uh, (laughs) Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. That was good. Um... Yeah, she was playing Mrs. Potts, and she winked to me. Oh. I made eye contact. I was right at the front, and I looked at her, and she winked. Oh, that sounds great. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. I sound like I'm being sarcastic, but that's like, I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> really nice. I love bed knobs and broomsticks. I love uh, Made As She Wrote. She's fucking buying. Anyway, so um, 
Yeah, so when, when you die and you get to heaven, you're greeted by an angel and a benevolent spirit. Benevolent, good or bad? Good. Benevolence um, is kindness. I think I wrote this wrong then because I, 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 I've never known. I always thought it meant bad and then I kept hearing people saying a benevolent God and I was like, they wouldn't say that if it was bad. So I've always been confused by the word benevolent. Just like the word mild, I never know if that's hot or cold. But benevolent... To be fair, mild can mean either. <laughs> oh, really? Well, it depends on what you're talking about, doesn't it? Like, if it's a mild day, it's kind of nice and warm. Well, see, that's right. But if your bath is mild, you don't want a mild bath. I don't. I might. All right, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, no, benevolence is the, and it's like non-malevolence is the bad Maybe one. Maybe, that's what I'm thinking of. Well, anyway, you're greeted by like a good angel and a bad spirit, and you will naturally like gravitate to the one that you will most like, so that you've got the right place. Oh, so you've got Angela Lansbury, and, and you've got like... Angela Merkel. <laughs> <laughs> which one's which though? <laughs> Angela's at the pearly gates. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sketch. I've <laughs> uh, well, just been typing it wrong all this time. <laughs> um, he also thinks that the only type of punishment or torture that goes on in the afterlife is that God transfigures evil spirits in order to stop them doing the evil stuff they want to do. Um, and other than that, there's no like torture in hell or nothing. Oh, that's a nice. What's the point in hell then, isn't it? To go on is well, I like that. I think that makes more sense. But what's the point in hell? He still says there's a heaven and a hell. So what's yeah, that no, in well, hell if you can't, if you're not going to talk well, It's just where they put the people who need to be fixed, and it's like, oh, I'm not going to punish you for being bad, I'm just going to take the evil away. Well, That's a lot nicer. What's going to happen then? going to go to hell and get like counseling or something. Yeah. No I mean, I'd rather that. Like, if I was going to go to hell, well, yeah, which I'm be. definitely going to do because yeah. I'm an atheist lesbian, like, no one wants to go to hell because it's filled with bad people, but heaven sounds boring as shit. So no if you one. take out all the good, all the bad parts of the bad people, then yeah. you go to hell with all the cool people, but they're nice now. But then, if they're nice, they should be in heaven. Yeah, but they're nice because they're all the evil's been taken. So then chuck them in heaven, isn't it? Well, that's what people happens. It's probably a conveyor belt. I bet it ain't. You just fucking love <laughs> conveyor belts. And I bet there's potatoes on them, but it never <laughs> ends. There's an evil potato and a good potato and a chicken. <laughs> so when I was a kid and I was writing on reams and reams of paper, it's actually like God was drawing through me and, and I've thought telling me writing. the secrets of the earth because you knew I wouldn't publish them. And now I've just published them. <laughs> Why does this keep happening to me? (laughs) Just pick someone else to stop (laughs) telling people about humans your secrets. God, God, we can't keep secrets. Okay, you need some outlet too. That's a that's a fair point. I'm really sorry. I mean, you thought you could trust ten year old Beth, and turns out that fifteen years later she betrayed you. She interpreted your teachings as a way to distribute potatoes, and (laughs) now she's. Told everyone. Um, told all 19 listeners. Uh, so naysayers have accused... I think I I couldn't spell a word to put in there, so I called them naysayers instead, but I spelled that wrong as well, apparently. So. How have you spelled naysayers? <laughs> I know what I've done. It's 
does it say? <laughs> the name says. Uh, <laughs> Why do I make my horse so posh? <laughs> no. All horses are posh. Donkeys are yeah. the common horse. Yeah. <clears throat> so the naysayers of Achilles of Swedenborg of being a charlotte and a crackpot, crackpot, a paranoid schizophrenic, and a sexually frustrated swindler. Well, I was thinking paranoid schizophrenic. Well, I was thinking sexually frustrated swindler. So. That's definitely a room where the Freud started. I mean, one hundred percent. There is such a Freud thing. He's like, oh, look at him thinking that he can interpret dreams. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get in there and say that he's a. Uh, Sexually frustrated swindler. Well, he probably was going to say swindler. Is my job title. Mm-hmm. Um, he was probably going to just say swindler, but he was like, hang on, let's put a Freudian <laughs> yeah. twist let's, on this. Yeah, let's <laughs> make it my own. Um, and they often, they often, the naysayers often mention the fact that he was jilted in his youth and chose to remain sim- single for the rest of his life despite being into women. But then it's like oh, fans. Yeah, but then his fans are like, A, that had nothing to do with the skills. You can't say he's a charlatan because he never, like, he always, he, anyone was welcome to ask him to use his skills and he always did it. He never tried to make money out of them or anything. And by all accounts, he was a sensible, sane, kind, honest and unimpeachable man. Oh, unimpeachable, good word. Yeah, but what they were, what the people are saying is that anyone who voluntarily doesn't want to have sex is a terrible human being and must be a swindler that's yeah. clearly what like well i think they are no saying man in their the right fact mind that, that he um that was sarcasm it, that it came out of him getting jilted then he never did it again like he tried it on and cuz she said no he decided oh i'm going to stay single then well, that's fine yeah, but it he's allowed like, to do like that. Like, if he was just asexual or something, so it was yeah. like... Well, I, mean, I think they're trying to say it's like an overreaction sort of thing. Oh, but I mean, shut up. You don't know his life. Well, exactly. People of the... I'm, I'm, that, what a fucking weird thing to make up in, in reaction to a girl rejecting you. Okay, then fine, I'll go off and pretend that I'm a psychic who's been visited by God and fat-shamed and I've got frogs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Toads. Toads. How dare you? Um we don't we don't frog shame. <laughs> so that is Emmanuel Swedenborg. I really enjoyed that. I'm glad. I re- I love that his name as his home country in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just makes it easier to remember. It does. And now you'll never forget that Stockholm is the capital of Sweden. Well mm. <laughs> okay. that's a lot of faith rather me. Yeah, alright. I take it back. I, I forgot that his name was Swedenborg. So we hope you enjoyed it at least. It definitely didn't take us six weeks to do. It literally is fucking taking us six weeks to do. Oh, oh. I bet RJ's having a fucking heart attack. Um, <laughs> thank you to anyone who's still listening at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we're done. Yeah. Bye.